uh, I'm Bane, Mom, and you're Batman, and you're- I was molded by darkness, was, and you were not. Yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue, so. Yeah. See the script, but I've no doubt if it isn't up to par, they'll chuck it out. Ooh, la 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 la. All my actor friends are cracking wise, but I can see the envy in their eyes. Ooh, la 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 la. Everyone has that that dreaded moment of coming out to their parents and telling them that I hate the Batman. Yeah. Not knowing how they're going to take it. We don't talk about this this community of of um, underground uh, people. They have to live in um, old factories and uh, uh, horribly dramatic conveyor belts. They're they're surrounded yeah. by these conveyor belts. That, unsafe working conditions. Oh, horribly unsafe. And you know what? <laughs> they're always getting slandered as a cowardly and villainous lot. The city. no, a cowardly and superstitious lot. Even you worse. know. The Joker is pro-union. He was going to unionize his henchmen, but the unions won't see a henchman. Uh, they won't. They won't. Um, they won't negotiate with clowns. They won't negotiate with clowns or people with two faces or cat women, uh, penguins, little men with puppets, <laughs> uh, painters. Is there a painter? Gorillas with super intelligent brains? That's more of a flash thing, but sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to go by DC. My roommate was like, man, I wish we had some Christmas lights. And I was like, oh, there's Christmas lights right here. I had just seen uh, a box of Christmas lights in my peripheral vision like <laughs> a minute before. And she mentioned Christmas lights. So I just like, oh, they're right here. And I leaned over and grabbed them without even standing up. <laughs> And I tossed them to her, and she was like, oh, my God. And then she set up some Christmas lights. Wow. So, indoors? Yeah, yeah indoors. Oh. Uh, we are contractually not allowed to hang oh. up uh, Christmas lights or anything on the house for some reason. I mean, I'm sure we wouldn't get evicted if we did it. However, it was in our contract. Welcome. And Mary Chrysler. <laughs> to Fan Fiction Writer's Room. I'm your editing manager, Spencer Suarez. And I'm your managing editor, Liz Cernick. Here on Fan Fiction Writer's Room, we take characters submitted by you, the listener, and add them to our ever-expanding master list. Four are then selected at random and weaved into a masterpiece in the way all great stories were meant to be told by amateurs on the internet. Uh, you can email submissions to ffwrshow at gmail.com or on Twitter at ffwrshow. This week's characters are... Number six from Battlestar Galactica, sent in by Wesley Boone. Uh, thank you, Wesley. Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom, <laughs> sent in by Emily. Thank you, Emily. Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. Bobby. Sent in by previous guest Kat. Thank you, Kat. And Adam West Batman, sent in by Ben Lenori. Thank you, Ben. And our tags this week are our fan fiction is tagged with the following Hurt. Finger fucking and blood. Ah, those are three different ones. Not hurt finger fucking. No, those hurt, are three different ones. Comma. And because it is the uh, winter season, mm -hmm. we shall probably write a holiday themed 
fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I do not know what that will quite entail just this minute. The Krampus finger-fucking Santa Claus. The Krampus? Krampus. Krampus. The Krampus Krampus finger-fucking Santa. But he's so sad because he has big, scary claws. And nobody likes his finger-fucking. And he's just always wanted to finger fuck. And he's so lonely. Oh. Oh. Poor, poor little monster. What is, so Krampus is a Eastern European thing? I think he's a German thing. German thing? Yeah. And he's like bad Santa. Or like not Santa, he's just like a bad dude. Yeah, he's. Who just like hates kids? What's well, he's, deal? he's the he's the opposite of what Santa does. Santa rewards good kids. He punishes the naughty kids. Oh. So you got to be good lest the Krampus so come Santa and steal is, you away. Santa's Superman, Krampus is Lex Luthor. Yeah, they, they achieve the same goals, but through very different means. Yes, yeah, they're going about it different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as I know from yeah, I, I dumb pop culture. I don't culture. know enough about Lex yeah. Luthor, honestly. Uh, rich guy who hates Superman because he made him bald? Yeah, I, I think, think that so. was it. I think that's in it, a, in period. In a ill-advised frat prank, Yeah, shaved his head and it never grew back because yeah. they used the magic shaver. Superboy loved frat pranks. I feel like a lot of uh, times when there's other cultures is... is uh, holiday things, we have this tendency to ascribe them basically exactly Santa Claus's role. Right, yeah. Except we just <laughs> sub it in. Yeah. So, like, Krampus probably is just, like, a weird folktale thing. But in my oh, head, like, sure. Krampus is coming house to house, down the chimney, yeah. stealing away your kids, leaving coal under their tree. Maybe they don't even put trees up, like... <laughs> We humans are so dumb. We're so egocentric. We love, Everything is about us. We love to we think know. we're so smart. And yet we can't even grasp the idea of oh, this guy isn't isn't Santa at all. It's a totally different folktale. Yeah. Completely different. Just happens to happen around the same time of year. Yeah. And we had to force it into Santa. And like on Futurama or whatever, like all of the holidays have basically a Santa Claus yep. that like does the thing. Just the Santa role, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because there needs to be a Santa in for for a Kwanzaa. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously how could there not be a it couldn't just be a holiday. A completely different thing. Yeah, it, it's just it's absolutely related one hundred percent. Uh yeah, we're so Ego ego egoistic, you know? What how, how have you been, Liz? What have you been enjoying? What have you been what what's been going on in your life? I've been back on the grind, back in the office. Yeah, how's the office? Making that money. I haven't got my first paycheck yet, but I think it's coming this following week. That's that's usually how to, every two weeks about is how most Because I've worked for two weeks already. But okay. I think I, because it's two weeks behind that your pay period is versus where you, no, it's one week behind where your pay period is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a dummy. Anyways, I think I'm getting paid this following week. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Finally start paying off some bills. As Finally, it were. you know, hit up the faux fur store and buy <laughs> yep. some. Oh, Get wait, some b- boas. I meant to say fur store and I said faux fur because I guess just like. 
You didn't just mis mispronounce. No, first. I, I was. I was attempting to think of a thing that a person with money would do, <laughs> and like fur came to mind. But then I guess I just faux furred myself. I. I uh, well, that's what's in right now. Mm, so yeah. yeah, you got to get a Nintendo Switch so you can catch up. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I need to buy. Uh, First and foremost, Nintendo folk. Switch. A fur coat. A fur coat. Fur boa, and Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. So I can get the Pokemon game, get on board with everybody else having a great time with their best friend's Pikachu. Oh my God. My Pikachu is so good. His name is Sweet Peep. Um, <laughs> I love him. Uh, so you just caught a Pikachu in the wild? I caught a Pikachu. In, oh no. Uh, because I had played Pokemon Let's Go, I talked oh. to a rando on the, in a train station and they were like, have you let's go? And I said, yeah. And then they gave me a Pikachu. Was and it your Pikachu from no, Let's Go? Oh, it I was a brand new Pikachu. Oh. And then I, I talked to the person standing next to that non-player character. Uh-huh. And uh, she was like, have you let's go? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, but you've only Pikachu let's go. You have an Eevee let's go. So she would have given me an Eevee, mm. but I had an Eevee let's go. I hadn't you... paid $60 for the other game, so I didn't get a free Eevee in Pokemon Sword and Shield. The other game that's exactly the same game, except yes. with one slight difference? Well, tiny there's, little you know, that's different. Uh, there's probably like, Ten differences. Mm, because, well, like, there's probably well about worth it. ten Pokemon in, in <laughs> Pikachu that you can't catch in, in, in Eevee. Yeah. Like, my favorite Pokemon, or one of my favorite Pokemon, Sableye, is unfortunately only in Pokemon Shield. And I oh, have Pokemon no. Sword. Are you going to be able to trade it with someone my that has Shield? My roommate Ben does have Pokemon Shield, mm. so I will be able to trade Good. him for a Sableye. Thank you. Heavens. Yeah. Because some of them aren't even in there. I don't know if you've heard. It's a bit of a controversy. Mm -hmm. It's a whole Is that thing. true? Some of them just aren't in there at all? Can't yeah. be? Okay. That's what the whole That's why people was? are mad. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah. Just double checking. <laughs> some of the, they've only put in like. Do we know who is not guys. in it yet? Definitively? Yes. Like, we what? Do. I don't know. Muck? <laughs> muck is muck. I have not seen a muck. Oh. I've not seen a Grimer even. Who do we know for sure is not going to appear? Let's find or does out. Anyone? Let's find oh. out. Oh, I'm sure there's a list. <laughs> yeah. It's been out for more than 24 hours. There's yeah. definitely a list. Whoa. Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Weedle, Pidgey, Ratatat, Spiro, Ekans, Sandshrew. And these are lines. So that means all of their evolutions. Why would, why would Squirtle and Bulbasaur not? Geodude? Because I mostly probably just because you can't really catch them in the wild so much. But can't you? Not really. I feel like, Mo I guess maybe I'm... Most of the starters are, oh. weirdly enough, uh, the only one of the Pokemon. It's very rare that you'll be able to find starters in the wild. Oh. Jinx, Electabuzz, Porygon, Dratini. I love Dratini. Hmm. The legendary birds. Uh, Gligar. Gligar didn't make it. Miltank? What? Miltank? What did they eat? With the big old udders? The big titty friend? Giraffeferga? Giraffeferig? Poochiena? Wow, a lot of a lot of uh, high profile guys. I was not expecting. Yeah. You know what? To be missing this many. It would suck. Like genuinely, it would suck if my favorite Pokemon was Poochiena. 
Yeah. Like, I, I feel you guys. I, mm-hmm. I'm not, I like, I do empathize. I'm not not empathizing with you But there's a lot of dogs. There's so many dogs. Know? And there's a new dog. He's a, he's a corgi and he's electric. Oh, that's right. Electric corgi. And all of them can play fetch with you. And they all can play fetch Poke with ball. you. your Pokeball. Oh, I'm so jealous. So oh. I, I was on my video game blogs, as I do. Yes. And I found out. So, because this new Pokemon game takes place in not England, mm-hmm. there is a tea Pokemon, right? Okay, like based around the concept of a cup of tea? Yes. Okay. It is a ghost Pokemon that is in a teacup. Cute. And, he, and so the- Do you know what his name is? Sinesti. Sinesti. I think. There's probably a good pun in there somewhere. Uh, but I, I don't know. I what might it is have got it wrong off the top of my head, but I believe Sinesti is the first in the line. And the okay. po- is the Bulbasaur uh, to an eventual Blastoise or Charizard. I found out. I was reading these blogs mm-hmm. and I was like, I there was this article about Sinestis are fake. <gasps> and I was like, Oh my god. Don't you say that Twist. about my precious Sinesti? And I clicked on it, who I had named Earl. Mm-hmm. Earl Grey. Thank you. And uh and I clicked it, and it turns out there are the teacups. Most of the teacups are replica teacups. And the only way to tell if the teacup your Pokemon is living in is a true, I guess. China within the context of this video game, like a actual true teacup, not made out of, I guess, whatever, what would a fake teacup be made out of plastic? Yeah, I I guess. Just like a replica. It's not Gucci. It's, it's, uh, it's made on the street. And the only way to tell is that they have this little stamp on the, on their, on their, what is the thing that sits on the table of the tea? Cup. Oh, like at the bottom of the teacup? I don't yeah, know. Basically, not like the saucer. The actual the, do they do they have an actual little, yeah, they, little plate? They well, they have just the platform it sits on. You oh, know? okay. The platform under the platform, there's a little stamp that you can t- you can see. Hmm. Now, you can't just check. <laughs> you gotta you gotta kind of basically wriggle around your Pokemon. And check under their butt. Basically, I go into the catching mode. Uh-huh. the This mode where you play fetch with your Pokemon. And I call over my Sinesti, which I've caught like 30 of now because I'm trying to get the true 100%. I'm going to keep Earl. So this is I'm like I'm going to keep my fake one. But I also want a real one, you know? So this is just like a like a shiny mechanic. Exactly. Like it's functionally the same. Functionally, it's just that these ones are the real China yes. Sinestis. The rest functionally, are... Functionally... Knock it offs. is zero different. <laughs> not going to be a stronger battler. Not going to be cuter. Mm. Not going to be better in any way. Apparently, just, they look exactly the same. They look too. exactly the same. The only I just decided. You'll, you'll know though. I decided in, in my heart that I wanted it, mm-hmm. and then I have to get it. I have been stuck in my Pokemon adventure. I have. I beat the fourth gym. I am at the town with the fifth gym. It's got the Sinestis <laughs> in the in the grass before this town. And I'm just walking in circles trying <laughs> to find the Sinesti. And then I catch it and then I check its butt. And then it's not doesn't have a stamp. And then I 
put it in my box, and then I catch another Senesti. And that's what I've been doing in my video game for the past, uh, like, 10 hours. Do you know? So I think I'm wasting my life. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good to have goals. Thank but you. do you know for sure that one, a China one, is actually going to show up randomly in any random encounter? It's not like, it has to be during the night. Or, like, you need 10 gold coins in your blah, blah, blah. As far as I understand, it's random, yes. But oh, okay. that so is a just, good point. You, you I can brute force it. it. I should look it up. Okay. I, I believe I can brute force it. Mm. Um, because I was trying to brute force evolve a couple guys without, because yeah. I started in on my Pokemon journey as an adult. And so I didn't know all the tips and tricks. And I had some fucking, it's I don't know, Geodude or something. How so one of the ones you have to trade to evolve, which is so uh, stupid. Graveler you have to trade yeah, to I was evolve. Yeah, well, I, I had this stupid whatever comes before him. For those who are not Pokemon stands, you need a friend with, the, with a Game Boy and a Link Cable in order to plug in your Game Boy to their Game Boy, and you both need copies of the same Pokemon game or the same generation, and then you trade it and trade your Pokemon, and it evolves into the next Pokemon, which is stronger. But only and one better. of them does. Only one Pokemon out of 150 or more that there are now does that, and it does it randomly, and the game doesn't tell you that you need to do that to evolve it. Most and of them just evolve by brute force. Yeah. It's insane. And the be best, better than that is most of the ones that evolve through trading don't just evolve through trading. They evolve through trading while holding an item. So if you want oh Onyx to evolve, you have to give it a steel coat God and damn. then trade it. And then while it's holding the steel coat, it will evolve into a Steelix. <laughs> it's, it's, Pokemon <laughs> is a lot of so much work. <laughs> it's a children's video game that takes serious, like, math. Yeah. It's a very complicated card game. Yeah. It's like, yep. it, it's really fascinating how they, because it's, while playing it, it's very clear this is a children's video game. <laughs> like, all the characters talk to you like you're five a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're telling you, there's no emotional stakes at all to any Pokemon game, you know? Everyone tells yeah. you you're the best because kids don't hear they're the best enough, you the, know? The fighting little dudes, not only do they only pass out, they don't actually get hurt ever, but they also love to fight. Like, it's their yeah. favorite thing, and they'll be sad if they don't get to fight, actually. So, yeah. in this new Pokemon game, uh, mm -hmm. they which they've been doing this mechanic a lot I've been noticing in the recent games, where you send out your Pokemon a battle and they'll one it'll be like, you know, I sent out Zigzagoon. Mm -hmm. And then it'll say like Zigzagoon is happy to be with you. <laughs> and it just it'll give you like a little like note yeah. that your Pokemon likes you. That when you have been training and spending time with your Pokemon, it'll give you like a Zigzagoon thinks you're the best, man. Because you're the best. And I just want you to know that. Between me and you, this video game, you rule. And But most of them that I've noticed are... So the, the fetch game that we were talking about, you play when you camp, right? There's a, there's a button on your menu that goes into camping. You set up a tent and then you release all your Pokemon and they run around, right? And you can take out a ball and throw it to them. Most of my Pokemon, when they come out of their balls, are like, man, I wish we were camping right now. 
man, I wish we were eating your curry while we were camping. Camping's great. I want to camp. And I'm like, y'all are never excited to fight, are you? Should I not be fighting you guys? <laughs> do you not like this? Is this do, only is it for like, me? Do they have stats that you need to top up? Is that what they're saying? Well, it's like, if you hang out with your Pokemans, the, in the back ends, the numbers in the back ends go up for friendliness, right? Mm-hmm. So those happen. Those things happen, I'm assuming, because my friendly points are really high. Mm-hmm. So these Pokemon are like, oh, man, this dude rules. I'm going to give him some pointers and tell him that he's great. And I love him. Uh, and so I'm assuming that's all it is. However, they're never excited to be fighting. <laughs> they only want to eat curry uh, and hang out at the campsite. And I'm just worried that they're not communicating with that. My that my <laughs> virtual pets are not communicating with me. Yeah, and that yeah. they are that they are fighting their friends because I decided I wanted to be the very best like no one ever was. Mm-hmm. What if they don't care about that? What if they're just there for me? But they'll never let you know because they care about your happiness. And you just need them to communicate what they need. Being a Pokemon master is so difficult. Being a parent <laughs> is so hard. You know, it's rewarding. It's rewarding uh-huh. to have 60 children muck. Mm, yeah. Tyrone. I don't know why my sister Ty-Roger, gets... Tyroger, I mean. That's Ty-Roger. not a Pokemon. Tyroger. Um, Hitmonchan. Sorry, your sister. My sister, she always gets so mad at me when she's tra- trying to talk about the challenges of parenting. And, yeah. I, and I tell her, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like, listen to my story about my Pikachu. Yeah. Doesn't she know? Like, I just, I'm just trying Pikachu to commiserate as a asked, fellow parent. My Pikachu asked me, hey, I just learned a new move. Do you want to delete Quick Attack or Thunder? And I had to choose between Quick Attack or Thunder. And I was in the middle of a gym battle. Mm -hmm. It's stressful. Yeah. I bet your sister doesn't know what that's like. Well, my little my little nephew, he's only starting. Uh, he's just starting like preschool. So he's pretty learned, soon. He only so he's knows gonna, like two attacks. He's gonna he knows start. And, yeah, he's gonna growl. have to start learning and forgetting special moves. <laughs> and then she's yeah, yeah, she's gonna know my yeah. my strength she, and my she, pain. As soon as as soon as your nephew learns. Um, uh, cut, and then we, he can get anywhere. Yeah, he then then he's off. He's yeah, yeah. off to the races. He's just gonna let go. The the trees surrounding their yard yeah. isn't gonna isn't gonna keep him fenced in anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, when your when your child learns cut, you know it's time for them to it's go a proud on their, day. their yeah. To it's go a, get it's lost, a milestone. Really, to go get lost in the grass and yeah. then uh, uh, fight random people when they bump into them. <laughs> to to kill just a million radita. Yeah. You know Elf on the Shelf? I do. I knew of it. I know of it as well. I guess I... What is the deal with Christmas and surveillance? Yeah, right? Well, because basically parenting, they were just like, oh, hell yeah. We can pretend it's magical, and then we just, you know... Scare our kids straight. Like, <laughs> Bribe the hell out of them. So for those who don't know. And then it's wholesome because you're making it magical. Elf on the Shelf <laughs> is an elf toy yeah. that you put on your shelf. Yep. And then every night when the kids go to sleep, spoiler, uh, the elf doesn't move on its own. Uh, if any kids are listening, 
you know, this is not a show for for kids who still believe in Santa Claus. I'm sorry. This is uh, an adult program. Uh, we we have finger fucking this week, child. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. log off, delete your eighteen plus. If delete. you're eighteen plus and you don't know that Elf in the Shelf was moved by your parents, yeah. you probably should not be listening to this. <laughs> you show. have bigger problems. Yeah. Uh, delete Apple Podcasts off your off your iPad. Go to YouTube and watch a creepy <laughs> Elsa video, please. Like a child is meant to do. Yes. Um. So. Yeah, the elf moves around every day and it watches you and reports back to Santa that you're being a good kid. That's how Santa knows. And he knows how to make his list and check it twice is the the elves report back. What's really weird is that it's it's a very recent phenomenon. And it it like it caught on Mm -hmm. as like a traditional. This is a thing Christmas does now. Yeah. And it's so weird. Well, it's. There must have been, it must have been weird like this for our parents and for their parents and their parents before them were things that we take for granted as like, yeah, you know, the traditional thing that we all do. Yeah. But no, it was just made up by someone and happened to catch on at some point. It's funny the amount of things we do because of tradition. And don't even think about it. Yeah. And like, you know, it's all right. It's just kind of weird. It's like... You know, sometimes, sometimes we've got to zoom out and be like, so I'm teaching my kid that a tiny elf is watching everything they do. And like, so I want them always to be looking over their shoulder. Yep. And the the only reason to be a good person is for the eventual punishment and or reward at the end. Yeah. Like, the I'm, not a, of I'm not a parent. I don't know. It's probably mostly just, like, fun, right? That's why they're doing it. Because they want to have fun with their kid. Because childhood is magical. When the kids really believe it, it can be very funny. And yeah. very wholesome, though. Yeah. I don't know if wholesome is the right word, but, like, it feels so magical when your kid, or, sorry, when a kid earnestly tells you, like, yeah, I saw a reindeer mm-hmm. on the roof across the street. Did I tell you about... So, my cousin got married. Uh, oh, you... Did I tell that on the you, show? No, I don't know if you told it on the show. I don't you think told I told me it on the it's show. the best. So. so, my cousin got married uh, this past year. And my dad went up and gave a speech uh, during the ceremony. And he mentioned... And uh, we, you know, uh, he was talking about a land and just like his relationship with a land. And at some point he said, and the two of us saw Santa Claus. And he never explained the story to us, the, the, the wedding listeners. It was, it, was a, it was a nudge for a land. It wasn't uh, A us. fun inside joke. Exactly. So then because he had brought this up, Alan was talking about it. And he was like, yeah. So when I was a kid, I saw Santa Claus like flying away. I saw him. I saw like we had come home on Christmas Day and I heard something and I ran to see. And there was Santa flying off into the forest behind our house. And then his dad, my uncle, was like, oh, no, that was me. <laughs> you, you were at church and I just I, your your mom told me to throw on a, a red jacket and run off into the forest when you guys came home (laughs) he had told himself 
he had this unexplained magical experience from his childhood <laughs> where Santa, he told himself, not only was Santa there, he flew away. Yeah. He had convinced himself Santa was flying in his sleigh. And like, I don't know what he saw, probably just a red dot in the distance that looked like a man. Uh, but yeah. But how did he justify that to himself I don't later know. on as an adult? I guess he just just, just the way you never some how some some experiences some memories you just never think about again. Do you have any of those stories from like when you were a kid that you don't understand what you remember? I we're I, like, was it magic? Yeah, Ooh? I I dated uh, someone who was convinced when she was five she flew around her room. Mm. Pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't no, have anything like that. No, I always tried to convince myself I had powers or whatever, but I always knew in the back <laughs> of my mind I wasn't a secret agent. You don't have like a, a unexplained memory of something. I have unexplained memories of all my memories. My memory is about the size of a goldfish, but yeah. that doesn't have anything. None of it is very exciting. <laughs> Mostly I remember being tired and being told where to go and being really confused. Yeah, not knowing a whole lot time. of what's going on, but like trying to figure it out, I guess. Everyone seemed very serious. Yep. I remember there was a moment when it sort of dawned on me that my relatives who were married in to the family weren't actually related to me. Okay. Which was a weird realization. Because you know that as a kid. You know that this is your dad's sister and then she married that guy. Yeah. But in your head, you've known them forever. And none of none of my relatives got married while I was a kid. Right. They were all married before I was born. So to me, that's my uncle and that's my aunt. And, and they're my uncle and aunt because my that's my my dad's sister or whatever. But it was only recently that I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm not related at all to, like, whoever. Which feels weird because they're still a relative. Yeah. They're still a family member. The... Just never thought about it. Family's wild. It really is. We, we have based so much of this, this society, this... <laughs> Thing. This thing we live in. Around the family unit. And like, most of the time it's like, do, do I know you people? <laughs> do I even like you people? If I, if I had the choice, would I hang out with you? Like, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. But like. What's your whole deal? What, I guess what, I what makes them tick? You know when you're like, you become an adult and you're like, whoa, everybody's just a dumbass like me mm -hmm. trying to make their way. And you have to like get to know everyone anew yeah. without the knowledge that like, without them just as your brother. You have to actually get to know them as a mm -hmm. person. That's when, wild. Especially when you're like, oh, I don't think I actually like you very much. When, when or like, parents get of age and they're like, or well, when you get of age and your parents are yeah. like, well, I guess we'll start talking now. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I, I've been like a human being this whole time. Like you, you just choose now to, okay, like fine. Yeah. Well, but I don't think, I don't think that's a one way thing. I think kids, as they get up, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. My parents are also human beings. Yeah. You don't know that. I or you don't so. intrinsically realize it. They're just your parents. Yeah. 
And your kids are just your kids. I, I imagine it would be so terrifying too because you're not only, you have to keep them alive. You can't just get to know them. When you're a kid and your relationship to your parents is just a one-way getting mm-hmm. to know what they're like while they provide for you. But like, okay, finally I can stop worrying about you wandering off a cliff or like right. starving to death. What, what, what do you like to do? What's your deal? What, what are you all about? I guess I've never been responsible for another person's survival. <laughs> so maybe if I that was like my number one and my number two was getting to know them. Yeah. Like, I guess I have actually. Like, I've worked at daycares and kids, <laughs> taking care of kids and stuff. But like, that is still just like, not one, like, it's a day job. I yeah. get to clock out. And that's physical needs. That's not like. Yeah. How am I fucking you up today? Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Shouldn't have shown you The Shining. Yeah. You are too young for The Shining. What's weird about Elf on the Shelf and all these new other mm-hmm. things, too, is that it's parents have really... Maybe they just have the ability to do it better, but they're really going all in on the whole, like, putting together this magical curated experience for their kids of Santa Claus being real. Like, I just don't have that many memories of, like, really believing it hard. Or, like, having a grown-up dressed as Santa in a way that tricked me at all. Yeah. Because Elf on the Shelf, it fills, an, it fills a specific narrative niche that yeah. Santa has always been missing. That was explained away by magic. You right. know, he just knows. He just knows what you do. It, He's got like Elf spy on the shelf cams. Is the I don't Rogue know. One of the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It it delves into this little plot hole. And this kinda little plot hole that we we've all been thinking it. about. We all just take it take it for granted. Take it's it not for like granted. it bothers us. No, it's just yeah. you know it is Talk what it, it is. is. Just yeah, whatever. But and now we know. Mm-hmm. Thank now you. Now that's it's filled in. Yeah, for us. So, and it's an easy way to uh, make a thing that appears for all the world as magic. Elf on the shelf. When they go to one. bed. No, we, elf on the shelf. When you go to bed and you just move a thing. Whoa, it yeah, moved on its very, own. Very easy. Um, yeah, it's very much. There's so much pageantry. It's like. Just a weird thing. Just the relationship. Like the role we give children <laughs> is very strange. Yeah. And I don't have a bit I don't have a joke. It's just weird. Yeah. But speaking of bits, uh, I wrote a bit. Oh, boy. This is a new thing I guess I'm going to start doing. Okay. Uh, it just came to me while I was thinking about, uh, we just saw Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my... Um, okay, so this is, boom, 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 boom. Spencer's stand-up corner. Yes. Dun, 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 so dun, dun, these dun, are my dun. directions for you. Uh, this, is a, this is an improv scene. This isn't stand-up. Okay. This is a scene. Uh, so f- I need you. You mm-hmm. are a uh, starving peasant. Okay. Who has come to beg uh, Elsa and Anna, your your queen. You are a starving peasant of the the city of Arendelle, Arendelle and you have come to to beg the royals for some food. Okay. Uh, and uh, see. Now this is taking place in Frozen Two. They're taking- not locked away in the castle. No. Mysteriously. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just say. Uh, I guess it takes takes place in between Frozen One and Two. Okay. Uh, Elsa is still there. Uh, spoilers: Elsa leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elsa's still there. Anna's still there. The whole gang's at the castle. Yep. Uh, 
And yeah, so I'm I'm imagining basically the scene from um, 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 Emperor's New Groove. Where, oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's you, yeah, where you go in front of the you royals go in front and you of the plead your case. You plead your case in front of the royals, and they listen mm-hmm. uh, to you. Um, that is what I am imagining. Okay. There is a j- great big throne room, and Anna sits on the throne. You mean Elsa? No, Anna. Oh, okay. I'm, I, we're we're starting with Anna. She's has a kinder soul. Okay. Uh, Anna is sitting on her throne. The princess is sitting on her throne. Mm-hmm. And here comes a peasant. Uh, knocks on the door and enters slowly into Anna and Elsa's throne room. Okay. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me, majesties. Majesty. Oh, oh come in, come in, come in. All right. Don't I'll... mind the smell. Uh... Just been working out with the with the pigs all day. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, so need some need some more pig feed, <laughs> I guess. That's what I need. <laughs> You're trying to feed your pigs. Yeah. Well, I mean, trying to feed my family. Your your family. Oh my god. What's wrong with your family? Well, we're just so hungry all the time. We try not to be hungry, but we're always needing food. Mm, that must be so hard for you being a peasant. <sighs> it you is. Poor thing. I've been Here. A, I've been a peasant Here. all my life. Take whatever you need. And Anna opens up a closet <clears throat> filled with blankets. Please. We have we have plenty. Take a take as many blankets as you need. Blankets, eh? I mean. Yeah. Uh okay. I'll It'll keep it'll keep my keep my pigs sorry, sorry. pigs nice and Elsa. warm, and then we can eat the pigs, I suppose. Elsa Raise them from birth. Just then, a cart was pushed into the room. Mm-hmm. A feast, and uh, Anna started eating. Sorry, sorry, I just I I, I missed I missed lunch. Uh, let <laughs> let me. Uh, and she started digging into a meat pie. What was her? Was her? Was. We're we're real hungry. Mm, mm. We're saving you know, up. I don't the know what that's what feast. that's like. Tell me what that's like. Like, what's it like being a hungry? Okay, well, you know your stomach. Mm, wait, you're a Disney princess. You might not know what a stomach is. Uh all right. So your insides, you gotta put the food inside, just all the time. It's a real pain in pain pain in the butt. You mean you don't eat just just eat for fun? Well, Elsa, Elsa, come here! And just then, Elsa entered the room. Oh, Anna, uh, how are you, darling? Oh, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. This, uh, this peasant is here. Uh, he says he's he's starving. His family's starving. Oh, my darling, my darling. Here, this is for you. And Elsa made... A snowman? A snowman. A snow sculpture. A snow sculpture for the peasant. There you go. That That's for you. You can have that snow sculpture. I mean, hmm, trying to look on the bright side here. We do need fresh water. Guess I'll just just melt it down. Listen, do you have like a pot? A pot I can, uh, I guess, borrow? 
Mm, mm, I don't want you. I mean, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at really several pots right now. Can I just put this sculpture in? Listen, this pot full of full of gravy. Look, just just dump it out. The thing is, that pot is our pot. Yeah, well, I'll bring it right back. Yeah, but your smell like mm. really bad, and like no, if, like I know that you clean it, but every time I use that pot, I just think about it. You know. Oh, okay. I've got a great idea. A really big pot. And your majesty, Elsa, Queen Queen Elsa, excuse me, pardon me, the queen, she fills it with several snow sculptures. You let them melt in this in this very big pot. I don't understand. No, but then but then here's the thing. We get in the pot, we can we can scrub. You see? You see how there's water, and then we can use that water, scrub. It'll be like like excess water. We you don't like my snow sculptures? We got to I made... You just want the water within? I... I made those for you. <laughs> you un... Ungrateful peasant. <sighs> Anna, Anna, it's okay, it's okay. <sighs> you mean Elsa? Oh! Oh, Elsa, Elsa, it's okay, it's okay. <gasps> Olaf, Olaf. Olaf came in. My queen, my queen, what is wrong? This dirty peasant doesn't like my snow sculpture. Oh, no, I love them, I love them, especially that one, that one there with the with the really big carrot right on his face. You make us several of those, those, maybe several hundred of those exact model. Why? We'll several take- hundred of me? Yeah, several hundred Olafs, preferably still, wow. not moving, not walking, so we can properly appreciate the artistry. I'll I'll take them back, mm-hmm. take all the sculptures with their big juicy carrots right on their face. Very important. Take them back to the village. But I don't understand if, the, if so you- we can so we can wait. Hold on, <laughs> my voice is doing something weird. Top of the morning, governor. Hey, cup of tea. There it is. There it is. It's back. Okay. <laughs> I'm a peasant. Right. Dirt. Pigs. <laughs> Feudalism. All right. All right. I got it. <laughs> we take these sculptures back. We appreciate them. Privacy of our own homes. And it will sate our hunger. The appreciation of art, I think, will fill our bellies. Hmm. As long as you just never come by to check on how they're doing. Hmm. What do you think, Elsa? Well, I have seen enough. They, this, what's like a, what's like a cruel thing to call someone? I mean, a peasant. Yeah. This peasant does not appreciate. A dirt farmer, I guess. My sculptures i have seen enough and elsa put her nose up and walked out of the room hmm. oh sorry about that else you know elsa huh anna you you're real oh olaf said oh would would you like a towel we have plenty of towels we could give you i mean those are smaller than blankets we got all these free blankets already hmm not to sound ungrateful. You said we had some free blankets we could take. Oh, please. Like as many as we want. Please take as many blankets as you need. Can I take 
all all of the blankets? If you if you must. Oh, all right, you let's poor, see. There was there was what like cold, five, like dirty friend. Fifty shillings each, probably. Mm, when does the market come by? Yeah, yeah, all right, we'll do that. The peasant took home the blankets. Blankets and ate them. He sold them for goods. He sold them for goods. And he sold them for carrots and then made carrots stew. And everyone, his whole family. And the three the pigs. Stew as much as they possibly could have. Yeah, they fed the, the pigs, they fed the carrots to their pigs and then they ate their pigs for their Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And a Merry Christmas was had one and all. Okay. Is it because they give them blankets a lot? Yeah. My, Did they give them blankets in the second one too? They gave them. Uh, Christoph gives them a blanket at some point. Like a, she, he has a wrapped up blanket. My idea was like super weird how they don't address like the feudalism at all. Is <laughs> like weird how just like the peasants are just like Elsa and Anna are just super kind to the peasants, and the peasants are just super worshiping and like they love the kings and queens. They never address like. Yeah. Any sort of class relation. I was maybe just they're just maybe they're just figureheads like, like the UK. I guess so. There's like a prime. What we don't see is that there's actually a prime minister. Right. Yeah. Off to the side. And I was just, just out of scene. Like how they show that Elsa and Anna are kind, that the royals are kind by the only thing we really ever see Hans Kristoff, Anna and Elsa ever do to the peasants is hand them blankets. So uh, I was trying to do something with that. <laughs> don't think I quite nailed it, honestly. You can probably, we can probably maybe chop maybe it. Chop it, make chop like, it up. Find it, find it good. You want to take a little break? Sure. Let's uh, catch you in a minute on Fan Fiction Writer's Room. Bye. Hey. I'm a great hairy hulk of like a lycanthrope. I've had a hair in my soap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this weird thing. I live in a house with, I did live in a house with five people. Now, two of them have moved out. There's three of us now? Yep. Three is a lot less than five. <laughs> I can imagine. We have so much space now, and it's like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, <laughs> I packed all of my life into my bedroom uh-huh. because my roommates had just, like, made the living room their space. And I and guess, they had like, all the stuff that a living room needs. Exactly. So you, you don't want to have two uh entertainment units yeah. side by side they my my roommate tyler had a couch a, stacked on top of your other couch like yeah. bunk beds <laughs> it, my roommate ben it the the sofa in the living room was mm-hmm. ben's so okay. that is still there nice but the tv's gone the playstation the xbox oh no um, not the, the consoles the uh table with which um like the coffee table the coffee table oh, okay. is gone um, the the like I assume the like physical unit that the TV was on is yes that gone? that's gone okay um, the that that same IKEA box shelf that everyone yeah, has the IKEA shelf is gone I'm looking the, at one right now in the, my apartment <laughs> the Calax is gone yeah the Calax thank you the Calax was actually Ben's but he traded it for a Nintendo Switch controller and a shiny Charizard and a shiny Charizard um, and. Yeah, so it's just, we have a lot of space now, and I'm like, I guess I'm going to move my TV into the living space just because I don't, I might as well stretch. Yeah, have a nice couch, watch TV with with buddies. Yeah. Um, Luxuriate. So the characters we rolled this week, of course, are 
Number six from Battlestar Galactica. Now, number six is the sexy lady? Yeah. Okay. So I love her. Six is a seductive, statuesque Cylon infiltrator. She was the first example shown of a new generation of Cylons capable of adapting to human form and emotions. Little else is known of her earlier years. She can, like other Cylons, retain memories which can be downloaded into another body if the original body is killed. Uh, so she's like a cool, sexy lady. Uh, who may or may not be a figment of a man's imagination. The twelve. So of the 12 known Cylon models, she is the sixth of the significant seven Spider-Man villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the other of the significant seven, there are several versions of her, including Capra Six, Shelly Godfrey, Six. Caprica Six. Uh, so she's like a robot clone, I guess. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Battle Scar no, Dark Galactica? You? I did. Um, it's good, but it has a lot in common with uh the TV show Lost, in where you can tell the writers both don't know where it's going. And are terrified to make any commitments one way or the other that would change the status quo. So every now and then a character will be revealed to have secretly been a Cylon. But you can tell that's only after like committees worth of debating which ones they're going to be. And it's never like what works best for the plot. It's just what's going to be most surprising. What will people expect the least? And number six is uh, she's just this mysterious invisible woman that hangs around Gaius Baltar and we don't know I don't know if it's ever revealed we don't know if she's if he's crazy and she's a figment of his imagination he watched a version of her die on the planet Caprica we don't know if it's sci-fi bullshit a chip in his head and the writers refuse to make that commitment one way or the other. What's the explanation? What's the deal? Why have we let J.J. Abrams get away with I this? I don't know. He's, he has to pay he, for his crimes. He keeps telling us. He keeps giving us a box and saying, you're going to fucking love what's in this fucking box. And we're like. And we just keep believing we him. We keep believing him. And then there's nothing in the box. Well, he 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 just he he, he says you want to see no can't can't see it can't see it and, and we're just then, like oh man have you seen this great box he has it's gonna be so good. Ryan Johnson walks into the room. He's like oh man all these stupid empty boxes. He throws some things in the boxes. People get angry because and everyone is like I can see that and know what it is and it disappoints me yes. versus. Endlessly wondering. Yes, J.J. Abrams got us with the endless wondering. People watch all a hundred seasons of Lost to figure they out really did. that they were in purgatory or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom. Uh, he is. Now he's a teacher that teaches assassins how to assassinate real good. Is that him? He's an octopus monster. He's an octopus monster. Oh no, he's gonna steal his female students clothes isn't he he is a pervert that's yeah. like the joke he's an anime guy he's... oh but it's a joke <laughs> well thank god yeah. i so th- i've watched an episode or two of this show mostly over my uh those roommates who just moved out shoulders right uh it's he's the bestest assassin in the world the arms like that how could he not be his students are also assassins. He's teaching them how to be good assassins. Mm-hmm. And I believe their job is to kill him. 
Like that is the <laughs> mission that they've been put on by like the government. And then they will then, graduate to full assassin? I don't know. Or is it a secret mission? It's a secret mission. I think it's like, oh. this guy is way too dangerous. He's too good. So we need you mm-hmm. guys. You're the only ones who can get close to him to kill him. Please do that. But then he's like actually a pretty good teacher, even though he's an evil man mm-hmm. or octopus. Monster. And so he, uh, they end up basically teaming up with him instead. To overthrow the government. I think that's basically the what The evil, happens. corrupt government that seems, officials. That's my understanding from watching it over the shoulder <laughs> of other people. Well, Koro-sensei has the appearance of a yellow bipedal octopus. He's about three meters tall and possesses a large bulbous head with a large smile that rarely breaks or moves and small beady eyes. He uses two tentacles as arms uh, and having two feelers as fingers and alt and utilizes the rest of his tentacles to walk. Where are his eyes? They're on his, he's on his, he's got these beady little, uh, he's like a Oh, I see. Okay. It's like a looks like an emoji. All right. It's revealed that he was raised in an environment where everybody could easily betray one another to the point that one could only trust oneself. Now, why is he a tentacle monster? Why is he an octopus? Is that explained? Is it like there's animal people in the world? Or is it like he's an alien? Or is he a mutant? It doesn't look like there's any explanation to why he's a monster. Hmm. In fact, right, it then. looks like he was once human. I think this is him. Oh. Looking at this pretty anime boy. There's a pretty anime wow. boy on this wiki, and I think that's him. Uh transformed. He knew he would never reach his full potential until he had eight arms with which to assassinate eight victims at once. Had to become the most efficient animal of all. Octopus. There was a scene where one of the students was trying to lay a trap to catch him Mm -hmm. so that they, I guess, could assassinate him. And they used a pile of pornography, like yes. pornographic magazines. And it worked up until something. He figured it out at some point, but it almost worked. Basically, he's a dumb idiot pervert who also happens to be a great assassin. So he's the greatest assassin of all time, and he knows that he cannot trust anyone else but himself. But Yet, he ends a up- giant pile of pornography that's exactly the kind that he loves. Yeah, exactly. Sitting in the middle of this hallway, I'm I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to read it really in depth and Earth- not look over my shoulder for several hours. This is the plot according to Wikipedia. Earth is left in jeopardy after an enormously powerful monster suddenly appears and destroys 70% of the moon, leaving it permanently shaped like crescent. The monster claims that within a year he will destroy the planet next, and he offers mankind a chance to avert this fate. In class 3E, the N class of Kunigig Aoka Junior High School, he starts working as a homeroom teacher where he teaches his students regular subjects as well as the ways of assassination. Wait, the big old monster destroyed the moon and then started teaching this? Yes. Oh, okay. The government promises a reward of 10 billion yen to whoever among the students succeeds in killing the creature whom they have named Koro-sensei. Oh, so he just, so it's a big deal that there's this monster in this, okay. 
So he, that's pretty interesting. It is like a neat plot. I wish I liked his design better. Like that, and yeah, it, a, it's it, a little too anime. There's mm-hmm. like a, a character that's a, a a TV screen, but she's like a girl in the TV screen, and she they just like move the TV screen around, and yeah. it's uh, all the characters look really really anime, and they don't mm-hmm. really speak like people, and there's not a whole lot of animation. It's one of those animes, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. overall, I do not think I will ever sit down and watch <laughs> it. But I like the premise. It's a cute premise. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, Bobby Hill from um, uh, King of the Hill. The, okay. the little boy. He's chubby. And he... Uh, loves comedy. Loves comedy. He... Uh, doesn't doesn't see eye to eye with his, with his, with his football pop. playing conservative father. There's Adam West Batman. Um, Batman played by Adam West and hurt finger fucking blood and of course also holiday holidays uh, are any characters specifically speaking to you mm, now Koro Sensei feels like there's a lot of good drama action there yes teaching a classroom how to assassinate properly because I do not care to learn any of the other characters in this show. Yep. Do you want to use much in the way that we used? Bobby Hill is in oh, Koro Sensei's okay. assassination I like classroom. It. I have not watched a whole lot of King of the Hill. Do you know your way around King of the Hill? Uh, yeah. Okay. I haven't watched it for a long time. Sure. But but I yeah. have basically never really watched. Oh, it. really? Yeah. You should. I should. It's very good. Yeah. As soon as they put it on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's on Fox, right? So I think it so. should have been on Disney Plus. Yeah. Stupid, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney Plus. Pretending okay. like they're putting everything on it. But yeah. they're not. No Malcolm in the middle. They're always withholding no everything. No but family guy. Vault. It's in the vault. I'm Disney. No, uh, I'm a big dumb face. No wander over yonder. What? Where's wander over yonder? That's like... A Disney show. Exactly. It has the Disney logo it's above the... It's called Disney's Wander yeah. Over Yonder. Ugh. Yeah, it's the worst. But Hannah Montana's on it. Oh, well, thank the Lord. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Now I can sleep at night. Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, Phineas and Ferb oh, is on it. Oh, God. And what I think I the Phineas and Ferb somebody? movies are on it as movies? well. Multiple? Movies? Multiple? Maybe there was only one. Oh, I am. I don't know. Yeah. Did it come I, to I'm not theaters? a huge Phineas and Ferb fan. I, I like it. It's I pretty funny. Yeah. I enjoy it. But yeah, I it's never watched fave. it like all the uh, time. So Bobby Hill is in Korosensei's class. Yes. Korosensei. Korosensei is trying to learn the secrets of the greatest infiltrator of our time. Santa Santa Claus. Claus the, the great mythical beast of Claus. And Bobby teaches him... The ways of Crassmas. Crassmas. Christmas. Christmas. You know when you say no, Koro Sensei teaches Bobby the ways. Oh, because he's the teacher. Right, it's right in his name. You don't think uh, that Bobby is Koro Sensei not actually his name? Yeah, it said the government just like called him that. Or I something. think the students called him that. Oh, hmm. it seems like their nickname for him more than oh, it's. They, they call him the something. Reaper, I a, think. A pun on blah, 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 blah. Unkillable sensei. Oh, okay. So it's like calling him immortal man or yeah. something. It's like 
My favorite part of Death Note is when they're like, we called him Kira as a pun on the English killer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That checks. Like, it's such a weird, no English person would use English that way. I yeah. love it. I genuinely love using killer as a pun like that. It's very, it's very, very it's very bilingual, but also very non-fluent. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's that perfect blend mm-hmm. of um, confidence and ignorance. Yeah. Because the the word and the sound of the word Kira has nothing to do with the English word killer. Just fuck all to do with it. It only has to do with it with a Japanese accent. How would Bobby and Koro-sensei get on? Like white on rice. Best friends to the end. You think so? Yeah. I guess Koro would probably accept Bobby more than his father. His Uh, father... Just doesn't understand him. Right, doesn't mostly, understand him. But tries to be as yeah. supportive as Koro would be, I guess, more openly supportive. Koro um, would be Koro would be like the fun uncle that the kid thinks gives you a is awesome, but turns out to be real shithead because your parents were what the kid thought was being mean. They're doing it for your own good. Oh. Whereas he's just like, Yeah, fucking do whatever so you want. Koro I don't give a shit. Why did he blow up the moon? Just to show how awesome he is? So some researchers wondered what would happen. Koro-sensei has antimatter cells within him, and they wondered what would happen when he died. To answer this question, Kane Sigawa and his team launched a small automated lab onto the moon to safely test the possibility of what happened if a subject with Koro-sensei's antimatter-infused cells were to die, in this case, a small lab rat. When the rat did die at the end of its lifespan, it caused a violent a volatile reaction with the moon's matter into antimatter and then completely exploded. So it was an experiment gone wrong. It was an experiment gone wrong. All right. Technically, Koro-sensei... He didn't didn't do it. He didn't do it. But it sounds like when Koro-sensei dies, that's going to happen to Earth. Mm. So that's a problem. Whoa. Whoa. Um... Maybe he accidentally explodes the North Pole. Okay. Killing Santa Claus and his elves. Now he must assume the mantle. Oh. But he I does like... not know anything about Santa. So he has to enroll about, the help of a small child how from about Texas. Koro Sensei. Mm-hmm. He breaks into the North Pole to murder Santa Claus, thinking of him as the ultimate. Ninja. Yes. Can travel in and out of houses uh, without being tracked or, or he, Koro Sensei wants both his secret and to, to best this, this assassin who yes. appears to be better than him. Um, he ends up killing Santa. Uh, and then. But oh no, Santa's made out of antimatter. Of, learns the secret of Christmas and then goes to, oh, you want anti, sorry, antimatter. Because it blows up the North Pole. North Pole's gone. Because Santa also has antimatter? Yep. Whoa, that's a twist. Yeah. And They're then, both lab experiments. And then it's up to Koro-sensei to uh, uh, save the day. Save Christmas. Yep. Well, I was thinking more like he accidentally kills Santa Claus. He learns that Santa is not 
who he says to be, who who Koro said thinks he is, right before he kills him. Like he he learns too late, and then Koro feels guilty and has to fix his mess. Yeah. That feel good? Well, I'm thinking more like whatever they did on the moon. They did an experiment. Yeah. They sent what happens a, they if sent we do this? They sent a rat up there with some antimatter. They and did blew that, up. but I was on the North Pole. Okay. We're going to do an experiment with this rat. Whoop, kill him. Oh, no, explosion. Oh, we're all dead. Uh oh. Also, Santa Claus is dead. Whatever will we do? Uh, you know how we were talking about mystery boxes and how uh, great they are and how much we love them? Yeah. Do you want to start off with the mystery box? Huh. The North Pole explodes. Don't know why. We'll never know why. It's a mystery. I think that Santa is more like, he's more like, we don't have to do this, son. Don't have to fight. But then when he realizes this guy's not going to stop, he's going to be, because he was trying to stop him for his own good. He's like, oh, you want to tango with me? The big man? How about? You mess with the reindeer, you're going to get the antlers. Koro-sensei is... Sleeping in his apartment, mm-hmm. and Santa comes down the chimney, and Koro. Do you think Koro Sensei knows who Santa is, or is he just an intruder? I don't know. I think he's just an intruder. Koro Sensei never heard of this guy Santa. Mm-hmm. Santa comes down the chimney, uh, and and Koro uh. And him get into a big old fight. Maybe the students told him about Santa Claus. And he's like, um, you think someone's going to sneak into my apartment without me knowing? And he sets a bunch of traps. I love it. I love it. We we open on classroom 3E. And... Mm -hmm. The students, these misfits. Oh boy. They are talking about how excited they are for their Christmas vacation, especially because Santa's coming. And they're going to get so many new knives and mm-hmm. kunai and guns and bigger guns and all the things assassins want. That's right. Sexy mangas, anti mangas. Oh boy. But Koro Sensei has never heard of this Santa. This Sander Claus. What is it that you guys are talking about? Oh, Koro Sensei. Always pretending you don't know things, but you actually do know things. What is this Christmas? Tell me about th- I've never heard of this, I swear. You don't know about Christmas? When I was being tortured or whatever my backstory is we didn't have christmas oh that's that's this they're all just crying that's the saddest thing i ever heard doesn't know about christmas so wait little bobby hill bobby hill said what would bobby hill's japanese name be do you think Bobby bobby hill what's hill in japanese Bobby Fuji. Kunai knife. <laughs> yes, Bobby Kunai knife. Says, Koro, does that mean you've never met Santa? You, you've never got a present from Santa? But he visits all good girls and boys. All the good little boys and girls all across Japan. I, did, 
Does, does Japan have Santa Claus? Is that a thing? I mean, they have Christmas. Yeah. You know the thing where they they everyone orders KFC? That's like a cute like what? trivia. Do you not know that? No. In Japan, the the uh, what do you call it? What everyone does is that you order KFC, KFC for Christmas. That's for so Christmas. fun. KFC is backed up like weeks in advance Ooh. because everyone's pre-ordered their, their KFC. <laughs> Very, like, I traditional six-piece chicken nugget and I'm assuming chicken wing meal was KFC is like we're an American company. You got to try this American yeah, holiday yeah. where you order KFC. Uh huh. Everyone Santa does comes. it yeah. in the West. I'm assuming that's what happened. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm assuming it's like a marketing stunt that worked really, really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like Santa Claus in the Coca Cola and the Elf on the Shelf and Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. We cut to, I guess, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Koro Sensei is sleeping in his little bed. He's wearing he's wearing a nightcap. And, he's uh, tucked up close. He's got one of those pajamas that's got the little butt flap. Oh my god, so cute! But it, it's for all of his tentacles. Oh, there's a butt flap for all of his tentacles. Yes, a butt flap. So for we can evacuate waste from every sucker. Yeah, uh, and evacuate <laughs> like, like octopuses do from, from every sucker. Yep. And he hears a pitter-patter <gasps> on his rooftop. What could be the matter? Oh. Thinks Koro-sensei as he gets up out of bed. What could be the cause of this clatter? Surely not a creature is stirring. Not even a mouse. <laughs> uh, he checked. He'd killed every mouse in his house already. There are no mouses. He'd slit their tiny little throats with all of his tiniest little knives. He, he went through his knife collection, found the tiniest of knives. Tiniest ones. And killed... Every rat and mouse as humanely as possible, which was not. He's an assassin. He kills them efficiently. Efficiently. Koro got out of bed. He put on his little slippers. All eight of them. All eight of them. Well, yeah, on the end of his hands, too, to keep his hands warm. He opened the door to his bedroom, and he... Push the door open slowly. Hello? Out of the corner of his eye. A skittering. A terrifying skittering noise and a shadow moving. Carl breathed. Come on. You're you're the greatest assassin in the world. And he opened the door. And he's got his Christmas tree all set up with the lights and the traditional KFC bucket meal. Mm-hmm. Several of them under the tree. Mm-hmm. And there's a chimney, I guess, mm-hmm. in his apartment yes. <laughs> that goes all the way up to the very top of the apartment building. And in the corner, he can hear a, a skittering and a shadow moving. And a, br- a sound of breathing. Two glowing eyes. Caro peeked back behind the uh, hallway. (sighs) He knew he had saw those glowing eyes. They weren't in his imagination. He'd seen them in his nightmares. But the question was, 
had they seen him. Mm. Noise of footsteps was coming closer. Floorboards creaking. Koro held his breath. He reached down and pulled out his sleeping knife. The knife he kept on him during sleep times. Sleepy times. His knife also has a tiny little sleep cap. Uh, Suddenly he can hear a voice. Well, well, well. Looks like there's a naughty little kid here. But what he doesn't know is that I can see him when you're sleeping. And I know that somebody's awake! Uh, he was sent by the government to assassinate Koro-sensei. Koro-sensei's eyes, his beady little eyes, had never been as big as they were. He looks down and there's a, a, a clinking sound and a little um, uh, uh, tree ornament rolls towards him. A Christmas bauble, a circular ornament for the tree, a red one, shiny red, rolls into view at his feet. And he looks down. There's a fuse on the end of it. <gasps> Koro jumps and behind him. Just in time. Floorboard and hallway and pictures of his class flew all around the uh, his apartment, his tiny Japanese apartment. It's in a high rise, a, a big high rise building. And, and there's, an, there's just a tiny explosion on the side of the building. And we can see Koro-sensei dangling off the side of his apartment. Uh, He jumped out the window and managed to grab onto the bottom of the window. And he hangs there, hoping to pull himself back up. And he begins to pull himself back up. Uh But then he hears clump, clump. Clump. Of big, heavy, booted footsteps. And a white beard appeared above him, looking down as he hung from the window. A strange, curious man with a red nose and a red hat. And a bowl full of jelly for his belly. And he was holding a... Handgun. Oh, man. And it man. was placed effortlessly on top of Koro-sensei's forehead. Well, well, well. Koro-sensei, you call yourselves these days. Uh, I don't believe I've made your acquaintance. Oh, I go by many names. Tell, tell me one of them. Chris Kringle? The jolly old elf? Perhaps you'll know me better as Santa Claus. It's you. That's right. And I've got a score to settle. My God, they know each other. Uh, Santa pulled the trigger, but Cora was too quick and he had jumped over uh, Santa and thrown himself Above and into 
the apartment behind Santa. He he slipped in to an open window. It was barely open two inches, but with his very agile octopus body, mm -hmm. slipped all the way through because his beak could fit through. Mm -hmm. He can fit through any opening that his beak can fit through. It's yeah. a real fact. Look it up. And he gets right in there. Koro had reached and grabbed all of his many apartment knives and now had eight knives. Santa flips around 180 degrees and shoots three shots. Pew, pew, pew. Um, and Koro manages to hop out of the way. And oh, yeah. Dodges expertly. Koro, he, he jumped at Santa. Santa managed to punch one knife out of his hand. He, he grabbed onto a tentacle and he used that tentacle to stab at the other tentacles and knocked all eight knives out of Koro-sensei's hand. They go clattering across the floor. Uh, they're too far away for Koro to get at. Koro reaches up to the Christmas tree, pulls out a candy cane, uh, rips off the plastic to reveal that it has been sharpened to a point, and he grabs onto Santa's beard and pulls it down and uh, holds the pointed end to Santa's throat. God. Any last, any last words, <laughs> dear friend? <laughs> oh, you're still as tough as ever, my yeah. old friend. Looks like I taught you well. And twist. Oh my God. That's where Koro Sensei learned his great assassinating skills. From the master himself. Santa Claus. The Claus of Santa. Um, does Koro kill his master to then... I think in a very anime thing, Santa Claus starts laughing. Right. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, sharp as ever. Right. I had to be sure I could test your skill. I know that you've retired now and you're happily teaching children to murder each other or whatever. Uh, yeah, I dodging the children trying the to murder of my you. Own thing either. This is still Santa Claus speaking. Listen, I and went I to the wiki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty complicated. Okay, listen. The moon's blown up. I don't know. Listen, when I heard the moon blew up, I knew it could only be the result of one man's work. My my star pupil of my own assassination classroom. Now, Claus. It's been so long. I just, I didn't even recognize you with your beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of let myself go. I know I used to be pretty I, built. I wasn't going to say anything, but. Oh, come on. Look at this belly. I know I got a belly. Mm. Well, It's just people want me to be jolly. You know, it's part of my whole shtick. Uh, you know what? I love you, man. And Koro reached around to hug. Santa, but I accidentally stabbed him in the back. Oh, no. <gasps> what have you done? Claws, uh, claws. Sorry? You have accidentally invoked Article 377 of the Santa Claus. <laughs> and you are going... This is uh, sequel bait. Uh. <laughs> and he, Santa is collapsing to his knees 
But master, master, no! You must help me defeat my arch nemesis, the Krampus. Please avenge me. And also, you are Santa Claus now, because you signed this contract. And Santa Claus fell and died. And he crumbles into um, Marvel dust. Dust. Yeah. Nope. What's what's the nice dust? Uh, you know, glitter. That's the word I was oh, trying. Okay. You know, nice dust. <laughs> the pretty dust. Yeah. yeah glitter. Uh, and, and sprinkles. Sprinkles and glitter. Yeah. Um. Coro looked at the sprinkles and the glitter. And the wind is howling through the open hole in his wall and spreading the glitter and the ashes and the sprinkles out into the night sky. He reached down and he picked up the empty Santa Claus hat and he put it on his head. Well, the night's young. Better get out there. And he climbed up his apartment chimney, reached the sled on the roof, and he went out. To save Christmas. The end. That's where every great Christmas story um, starts. Yeah. And en- you, it ends right as they're about to save Christmas. But they yeah. don't. you don't actually see it happen. Exactly. See, mystery box. Mystery you, box. You, you sort of hint that mm-hmm. something real fun and cool is there. Do not do not show it. Do yeah. not. It's like... Uh, the Jabrams School of Filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You, you just tell people that it's gonna be great mm-hmm. in their yeah yep did you watch any of lost i d- i watched the first couple episodes it was intriguing my sister I, was watching it so i watched yeah, it i watched episodes here fun. and there and it was it was always it seemed like it was really important yeah i was really disappointed to learn later on that you never there's never any plot resolution because that was the only reason it was fun because of the prim- the promise of explanations of mysteries mm-hmm. And yeah, like my Ben, who submitted a character this episode, Mm -hmm. is also my roommate. Mm -hmm. He uh, was saying that he... Ben of the couch? Yes. The couch haver, Ben? The couch haver himself. My God. Uh, That ritzy fella? He also sent in Adam West Batman this week. Oh boy, we'll get to Adam West Batman eventually, I hope. And he was saying that he sat down and watched The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi... Uh, anticipating the newest Star Wars. And you know what? He realized they just don't have a plan. They really do not. And, <laughs> and they keep negating the predecessor's plan. And J.J. Abrams <laughs> sure just likes telling us he has a plan yep. when he doesn't have a plan. And But oh boy, like imagining what the plan is going to be, it's so fun. It's so much better in my head than it oh, ever could yeah. be. The, so Also, yeah. you know the shark from Jaws? Not that it's not that scary when you look at him for like up no, close. Surely not. Remember in Jaws how like scary the shark was? Uh-huh. Turns out when you just look at the shark. Regular shark. No, no, yeah. because I remember that movie and I remember thinking about how big and scary that shark was gonna be, and so it must be that way. Do you want to do some? Are you telling me monsters are not as scary when they step out of the shadows and turns we out, see them right just, in the moon, right in the sunlight? Turns about turns out. Fear is more of fear of the unknown than it ever actually is fear of something real. Sounds Turns out doing things is actually a lot easier than it is thinking about doing things when you actually try. Mm, 
fear is mostly about the unknown sounds fake, but okay. Sandwich criticism is where we look at our masterpiece with a critical eye. We take one thing we liked, another we didn't, and alas, we liked what's one thing we liked about the story. We make a delicious sandwich out of positivity Mm -hmm. around the criticism. Positivity. Uh... Very exciting. Yeah. You know? It's gruesome like and scary. The best things for a holiday classic. The Santa, this guy who breaks in everyone's house one night a year, perfect. Right. Why isn't he scarier? Yeah. You know? His whole thing is not being seen and doing things in our most intimate of personal spaces without being seen. He knows everything. We do? Ugh, mysterious unknown powers? And Bestowed to him by who? And this elf on a shelf reports back to him? Spying? Very mm. curious. Uh, so terrifying Santa, plus good, one. Good, Very yeah. good. I like action Santa. I really liked Ho Ho Ho. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was, that was inspired. inspired. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't like. Um... What do you think? Do you think we should have gotten... I mean, I liked a lot of it. Do you think just focusing on the action stuff was the right thing to do? Or should we have got Maybe it was out a prequel and deliverance and presents? Or does everyone do that? Yeah, everyone does that. And also, like, it would take so long. Because we would have to actually visit every single house in real right, time yeah. across the globe. Yeah. What are we going to do? A montage? We're not. <laughs> Quitters? <laughs> We don't take the easy way out. What's one last thing we liked? Uh, it's getting me in the holiday spirit. Yeah. I'm and feeling- if this comes out on Christmas Day. Yeah. Exciting. So- Makes me want to eat a candy cane and a chocolate orange. Move that elf on the shelf secretly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just just lie to children. I- you know, all of the funnest Christmas activities. And can't wait to tell children there's a pet pony in the closet. Mm. You can look at it though. But no, then, I'll... and then when there's not a pet pony in the closet, it's because it's your fault. You, you weren't good enough. You You're shouldn't bad. have looked in the closet. Mm, you yep. shouldn't have looked. The pony's only in there when you don't look. I love to blackmail small children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're so gullible. It's so easy. My roommate. My I've been telling lots of roommate stories this episode. Mm-hmm. This morning, Julie, my roommate, was telling me, "Don't gaslight a gaslighter." Mm, was, like don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, she said. She said, "Don't gaslight a gaslighter." That's a which very, is very good funny expression. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you can't gaslight me. I gaslight. <laughs> it's like it's very, very. I just I found it very good. I, I know I how really to construct my own reality. Yeah, exactly. You don't get to construct my reality. And as a person who's <laughs> genuinely very easy to gaslight, <laughs> like it was, it was nice hearing someone be like. Be like, yeah, I gaslight people, and <laughs> don't try and gaslight me. Um, uh, if you'd like to suggest characters for us, send them on over. Send them on over to ffwrshow at gmail.com or on Twitter at ffwrshow. And review us on iTunes so we can get to number one, baby. And thanks to the band known as the band known as Seawater Bliss. For the use of their song, Theme from Teen Wolf 2, for our intro and outro. Check out their album at seawaterbliss.com. And remember, when in doubt, just AU that garbage.